0: Let's get it. In the city, we gonna slide. Bet I be there pronto. Me, my guys, we really lie. lord forgive me, pay my size Please don't have me reach inside. In the center console, keep the semi when I ride. Little penny when I drive. In the
1: city, we're gonna slide. Bet I be there pronto.
2: Europe, Bet I be there pronto. Isn't like right now, isn't like in this moment. It right is now. time for the chop up show. What's going on? It's your girl Toya G. Happy to be with y'all on another Thursday night. Y'all know we slept for Mondays to Thursdays. So we happy y'all moved on with us. If y'all came in here and popped in and y'all haven't let us know where y'all represent, go ahead and talk to us in the chat. We want to see uh where on earth. Y'all know we used to watch that show where on earth is Carmen San Diego. We want to know where on earth you was at right now. So go ahead and let yeah. the chat. We appreciate y'all your popping in tonight. Head. Hey, it's a blessing to see y'all. Happy March. A lot of people showing love from my time at the NAACP Awards, uh, at the NAACP Live Experience. Thank y'all so much for, for tapping in and rocking with us for that. I'm just grateful for y'all okay. to be here. We got a lot of great conversations. We're going to talk about justice. We're going to talk about Women's History Month. We're going to talk about some Biden-esque things that we need to be thinking about and considering. So uh, with that, I ain't by myself. Who else am with? Y'all know what
0: it is, man. I, I started out ranting. I'm going to keep it going. This is, what, this is what we do this for. It's Damo, the political plug. Uh, it's Again, it's a conversation we got to have tonight. We have to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Not the Jesse a shit. Not the Jesse yeah. a I mean, shit. I
1: mean, we're going we gonna to get on the Jesse Small a shit, but the main point that Damo was trying to hit home is that we're not just a podcast that's going to be giving you sound bites of trendy events. You feel me? There's a method to the madness, and there's always a purpose to you feel me the shit that we're talking about you feel me with that being said this is an educational philosophical goddamn podcast you know and hey theconsciously.com is where you can find me at and you know tonight we got us some good conversations coming in shout out to all the wonderful women uh worldwide you feel me march is women's history month and you feel me gonna be having a conversation about that shout out to the first time viewers from cincinnati ohio you know uh Fuck, fuck yo the ghost, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Canada, uh, <laughs> Kentucky. We got Dallas in this thing, Florida. Yeah, Florida. I
2: Johannesburg.
1: Florida. In here. I see Johannesburg in the building. Like what's happening? Hey, okay. Johannesburg. Okay. We got Lancaster. Hey, you feel me? Uh, Amish, uh, Amish country. Country, but, <laughs> 30, yeah, yeah.
2: Avenue. I don't know where that is, but um, we got your. I, I don't know if that's even a real address, but we have your coordinates. So thank you for for dropping uh, in. But all of y'all, you know what I'm saying, Bronx and the, the building. Hey, listen, the listen, 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 listen. We gonna go ahead and jump into uh, the snapshot for the night <laughs> because as much as you know, everybody's framed as us being an educational podcast. We know we get education from real life. We know we learn from a lot of the experiences around us and a lot of the discussions and conversations we have. You know. You, it's not just about talking about it. We always have to ask ourselves, what's the angle? What can we learn? What are we pulling from this? And so with that, um, I do want to start off with a little bit of what we've heard about breaking news as far as this afternoon, which is the Justice Smollett case and the outcome of his trial where uh, he was found guilty. And sent- Well, he had already been found guilty. It was his sentencing, and he was sentenced to 32, I'm sorry, 30 months a felony probation, including 150 days in jail. He was ordered to pay restitution of more than $120,000 and a $25,000 fine for making false reports to the police that he was a victim of a hate crime in January 2019. Now, we've been uh, watching uh, and seeing this issue unfold for a while. If you go look at the, the, the Chop-Up Show Chronicles, y'all see this conversation we've had as the, the, the wheels have spun, some may say, out of the control since 2019, about this particular issue, right? Yeah. And so I thought it was over with. I thought it was done. To be not,
0: honest.
2: I mean, what we're seeing is that a lot of these cases are taking just a long time, they're dragging out for one reason or another. And so, you know, this one is no different from that. Uh, my question, I guess, to y'all, yeah,
1: Brian is, uh, Texas, about, out the Billy George, too. My bad,
2: yes, all good. My question to y'all about uh, what we just heard about the whole uh, sentencing. Is do y'all think? A lot of people was just like jail is wild for this. So do you feel like, you know, the punishment fits the crime? Let's let's start there. Do you feel like there was an adequate uh, justice? Right. We got to be honest, Jussie, and and we'll get to his pleas for innocence later. But was found guilty, uh, lied and betrayed the trust of both black communities and queer communities. Right. Had us in a heated conversation socially about that's why they don't take us serious now. Um, used up police resources. This has been long and drawn out, so on and so forth. And so y'all just heard me drop the laundry list of things. He was hit with 30 months probation, 150 days in jail, restitution, $120,000, $25,000 fine, and uh, so on and so on. Uh, and, I mean, blackballing. A lot of people saying his sister should be so ashamed. People saying Jerry Smollett should be saddened by the family. Legend.
0: Legend yeah. in the game. But it's, it's wild like, how they
2: doing this, man. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and lay it out. That y'all feel like the punishment fits the crime. And the chat, I see some hell knows. I see some Darius Coates no, saying, no, you no. should have gotten more time. No, I mean, I'm going to read the comments in a minute. I'm asking y'all right now. More
0: t- <laughs> Listen, when we live in a world where a little white boy could kill somebody, a couple people, and walk smooth, nothing. not Ain't got to sit down, not a nail. No. But this brother you know what I'm saying got to do any jail time like regard e- even given the circumstances it's like nah I can never justify any like, regardless of the, the circumstances that the people are involved with uh, involved with because it's the United States justice system I can never justify that they respond you know what I'm saying like I, I can't I can't delineate between mm-hmm. when it's because somebody black or because it's what they did because since the uh, our justice system is so more hell bent on distinguishing people as opposed to actually actions themselves then mm. there is no instance where what's given out to the person of color is justified based on the circumstances that it's operating in, period You you can period. never legitimize the united states justice system at all right
1: Period. Oh. And, and based off of all the social all the social media things has been sensationalized for all of the different white women's barbecue Becky, uh Permit Patty, all the different people that have called the police and made false, you know what I'm saying, accusations, made false crimes, uh said they dog got ran over, said they got hit, said all this is like they didn't see jail time. So for me from a legal perspective, I thought that the American legal system is set on precedence. I think that there were multiple precedents that were set that would say that Jesse Smollett should not be seeing, you know what I'm saying, prison time, even if you believe that he was wholeheartedly lying out the side of his neck. You feel me? So for me, he's just thinking of the precedent and how the American justice system doesn't have the same energy when it comes to people making false claims against black people, and when you feel like black people are making false claims. And that's really how I see it. Like, where is the precedent in this in terms of legality? But
2: I, I mean you and, know, and this is, uh,
0: go ahead so no no yeah, please, please, please,
2: please, please, because I'll just transition into that in a second, go
0: ahead well, no, I mean, because I, like and George's point about precedence tying into what I'm saying, if, like to answer that question of the white like, if it's problematic because it's definitely responding something in the, in, the, in the comments about whether it's problematic to just say, well, white people got away with it,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: law is based off precedence, period, and if we're looking at how the law responds to one group of people. And then we're looking at them respond to another group of people in a completely different way. That means that there's, there's a flaw in there, right? Like that you can't look at the law as the letter of the law because the way that it's doled out. Like, that's why it's so hard to justify a lot of, these, a, a lot of the conversations associated with uh, crime and punishment as opposed to you know drug dealing in black communities or how black people rely relying on criminal activities to do certain types of things because we have two completely different relationships. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and those relationships are established based off of what we know about the law, not that, like not. It's just like ah, oh, there's a relationship where it's like nah, we just doing it wrong. No, <laughs> like we, it's it's clearly not actions that's establishing how the law is choosing to respond.
1: Period. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I want to throw in there for Toys to say something. This part I'm going to say this, this is a minute ago. I'm about to make a TikTok video about this shit too, probably tomorrow. Jussie Smiley got more time than a lot of the people that infiltrated the American government on January 6th. So how in the hell is treason or you running into state property and taking podiums and doing all this here? How how are you getting less time than somebody that quote unquote lied to the police? Yeah.
2: That's, I mean, (laughs) this is when people can't take the system seriously, you know, and this is what I was kind of getting at and thinking that you have these weird paradoxes like that these these un- inex- inexplicable kind of happenings and instances that just really don't make a lot of logical sense you also have the paradoxical relationship that I think black people have with the law and this is another great example of it because in instances where innocent people you know get away and I'm sorry guilty people end up being found innocent right and then people who we know are guilty end up getting away with their crimes it's just like we can. We have to constantly kind of ebb and flow with how the system works, even though it is a weird relationship we have to have to it. It's really hard to champion some decisions and be excited about them because we know these are injustices largely. But on the other side, when people go to jail for the crimes they commit against us, when they get held accountable for the shit that we they need to be held accountable for, we get excited about the system and the law working right. So it's just like this weird, ironic, and we have to racialize the the, the issue because he is a black queer man who is yelling out about a hate crime. We just we have to kind of center. The weird and awkwardness that we feel in situations like this, where you want the law to do its job, but you also feel like the law is being way heavy-handed here, where it missed opportunities elsewhere. So I don't know. This is just this is one of those moments where I just think, but like, do you know, do?
0: Do
1: you hard. want the law to do its job? I mean, yeah, I yeah,
2: that's the whole point of doing. Like my argument has always been that <laughs> you, problem, you know, right? like, okay, so let's think about the law. Let's think about the state. Let's just think about systems and structures of power as they exist now. Right. White supremacy yeah. has been the, the engine to guide that structure. Right. It, you imagine have a frame of a car. The frame of the car is not dangerous. It can't kill nobody. It can't run no lights. It can't do nothing. until you put an engine and put some gas in that hole. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. it's off to the races. Right. So when I look at African people, for example. Right. The originators mm-hmm. of civilization, the people who constructed the ways that we know how to live and be as civil society and as a structured society. We know that black okay. people, we know that Africans historically had systems of structure and law. It wasn't a free for all. Right, there were legal systems. There were systems of accountability. There were ways of community living where form. you held people accountable to doing negative Wait, things. I
0: and mean, but, just,
2: but, so, but so I, I say I just want to complete this thought by saying I think what we see when you ask the question, do we want the legal system to work right? Like I think the answer is yes. We just don't want this bastardized version of a system that we created to be the one that we that is used to penalize and very punitively work against us. Most of the time.
0: Well, I mean, let me say this. I, I think that there's a. Throughout, like within culture, right, there's different like laws that exist. You know, what I mean, like whether it's like how we operate in our neighborhood, our community, how we operate amongst our friends, how we operate like, like you know, I me mean, at somebody at like with status, right? There's ways that that type of shit get handled, right? Mm-hmm. I think ultimately there's no conversation about like, yeah, he should be cl- like, he definitely needs to be clowned and ostracized for this to, to, to some degree, yes. right? With to some me, degree,
1: like we did barbecue, Becky, and how we did permit Patty. And how we did, you feel me, Karen? Uh, yeah. Whatever, whatever. Like to me, like he 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 already got his own. He 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 had his own Dave Chappelle joke. Like he had his own Dave Chappelle Chappelle (laughs) joke. Not you feel me? Like like you know what I'm saying? To me, it's like criminality is crazy with this one. You feel me? But but that's what. But that's why it's like.
0: But that's why I when when I pose the question, do we want the the law to do its job? Because like when it when it comes to like when. It's a factor, right? Y'all talk about that frame. That frame so like, it's is doing job. It's locking niggas up. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. The frame is like, what's the like? What, what we using the frame for? Are we putting it in a truck? Are we putting it in a van? Like, what's the what is being utilized for? And that's the that's literally becomes the only relevance. We know that the ideology and the theory and the weapons and the rhetoric and mm-hmm. all that it exists. We know that, right? But the hey, question shout becomes: out to the universe shout out to you. Uh the question becomes how is that being you do I trust how a person is uh, like the person like the judge in front of me right if i live mm-hmm. if i'm a black man in alabama do i feel the same way about the judge in front of me if i'm a black man in california or if i'm a black man in kansas or a black man in boston right it's certain relationships like it's certain things that people in california don't have to worry about than people in uh alabama mm-hmm. but technically we the, the justice system is supposed to rock the same in similar ways but when culture plays such a huge role and how like the justice system operate and like it's an enemy that's identified and we see within that system that enemy (laughs) you know what i mean being targeted and being you know i'm saying treated specifically and that system not doing that same thing across you know i'm saying other groups of people like then the question becomes do you want them to do their job what do they think their job is That's That's an important question. question. That is an important question to ask. It is.
2: It is. I mean, and I think we see a lot of different examples of the perception of what they do in their job. Cheryl Carter Carter Ellis just dropped in. Ryan Coogler is a great kind of example of the over-policing, the misapproach, the misorientation of doing their job that we can kind of talk about. I don't want to go down um, a, 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 what do they call it? You know, a, a tunnel. Uh, uh, rabbit, the rabbit, the rabbit hole, hole. Is what I, about. <laughs> is I don't want to <laughs> go down <laughs> one of those with the Ryan Kugler conversation because it's actually a whole separate conversation but what I do want to talk about is you know we are having this whole conversation under the assumption and shout out to Granny Wiser. thank you so much for showing love to us we definitely appreciate that we are having this whole conversation uh, with the predisposition that he's guilty Everybody, the court of public opinion, the court of law, have both asserted that he did this right. My take on it is that I think the jail time is, is too much. If in fact he did it, and the evidence proved it within a shadow of a doubt, I think everything else, minus the fines, I'm kind of iffy about the fines. But community service, I think restitution in some amount, maybe not 120 thousand plus another 25 thousand. I think that's too much. But jail time, absolutely take that off the table. Now that that's being said, let's look at what Jesse Smollett has asserted consistently from the time he made the accusations to the time the accusations got turned back around on him. All throughout his course case and even today after he was sentenced, his words to the judge was, judge, I respect you. I have a lot of respect for you and who you are, but I'm innocent and I do not want to take my own life. Now, he had these outbursts. He made outbursts, right? He was masked and covered the entire time. Y'all watch the footage just all over the internet of when the sentence was released and he was able to speak. He made two assertions. He said, judge, first thing I want you to know is that I'm innocent. I respect you, but I am innocent of this crime. So he maintains his innocence and the second thing he said was Ed, I am not suicidal. I do not want to take my own life. Now, a lot of people looked at those statements and was like, man, you have an episode. This is your problem now. That's why you're in there now. You talk too much. You're saying too much. This is not an episode of uh, what was the name of the show?
1: Power. Uh, I mean, Empire. Empire.
2: Empire. This is not an episode of Empire. Right? So... You're doing the most. But a lot of people said, or you know, kind of looked at that moment like you, he pleading his innocence down to the very end in these very verbose actions. And the second thing is that jail is not kind to black queer people. It's not kind to queer folks in general. And the kind of spectacle that has come of this means that he knows that he is at risk and vulnerabilities of people in jail and both the police and the law in jail. Right, so he is making a statement that you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I, if I die, basically, I took it as if I die, I didn't do it. They killed me, they took my life.
1: Most definitely, do
2: you all feel like? And this is you don't want to judge these moments of, you know, please for compassion, these these very real, authentic moments where people were just kind of to with their innocence. But how do you take that moment? Like, I didn't see it, I'm just kind of describing it to y'all. But I feel like, man, this is just you being extra. Do you feel like he has a reason? to ride his perspective out and make these statements down
0: to the end. I mean I I mean of course like you already been found guilty. <laughs> like it ain't mm-hmm. like it really like you'll you don't stand by what you you know your your initial statements. Um but it's it's hard though. Like it's it's just this is, like how I feel about celebrity culture and I I I I do feel that this this whole thing mm-hmm. is just ridiculous at the end of the day. Like the the assertion what he was accused of him being found guilty like the, the jail time like the whole all of it is just like each way is just it's nonsense so it's like it's one of them things where you sit you you hope that it's just like alright, he be, he being dramatic um and it's just a it's a yeah. hollywood outburst I be like, hope yeah. That. Yeah. because at the end of the day like if it if 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 it's if it turns into something like that like that's a like him like dying from from whatever circumstances is is ridiculous. It's crazy. Like that that would be crazy. So it's just like you you hope it's some Hollywood shit. Like okay. I, I yeah, can't you. I can't do nothing. You can't do nothing more with
2: that. Like
1: we same thing. I think to me, I think it was the smartest assertion make because I seen mm-hmm. somebody in the comment section literally talk about like we had to take into account also his celebrity status. And in my mind, he's recognizing that his celebrity status, his finances does not, you know what I'm saying, save him from his blackness. And he recognizes that, shit, there's a potential for him to be harmed and or for him to be, you know what I'm saying, killed in jail. So he's letting people know I'm not suicidal and I'm not allowing for this little honey. 200, 200 day sentence to make it where I'm defining my whole life. Where I don't want to live no more, some shit like that. And I recognize just from a perspective, if you already feel like you're being taken advantage of and feel like you're not in control, you want to make sure, hey, I'm innocent. I did not do this. Also, I want to live. Yeah. To me, it makes sense. To me, you feel me? I'm almost like some, to me, it's like after we've seen what happened to Sandra Bland and what we've seen it happen to a few other black people, you feel me? It's yeah. like thinking about, yeah. hey, I, I wanted to just make sure. Listen, you, y'all can call me crazy right now, but I hope you recognize the sameness in my voice and saying I have the will to live and I want to live. And that's part of that to me. I think I'm in. Yes. I mean,
0: because because like I mean, the, the assumption is that like, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that like like some like they'll kill him in jail. Now we we'll deal with the real reality that you know what I mean, be like being queer in prison specifically a male prison, make you a target immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Having that fame attached to him ain't no better. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that he is in a, in a, in a heightened level of danger, given the circumstances he about to be he about to be in. Um, but the, the hope is that, like I said, there's been a lot of famous people in jail, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, they done rocked it out. They was able to get it through. The hope is that he able to be in this th- th- those same type of circumstances, and then because his celebrity status is actually more of a eye, uh, like I, like if he go in there and something happened to him, you know what I mean? Like I, don't, I, I just don't think that's a, I don't think that's a real risk like that.
2: Well, so there is a lot left to this story, and that's something a lot of people are saying in this comments that you know, the surface level, the media reporting, the local Chicago politics at play, there's a lot of things in the backdrop of this whole story, so I'm interested in it and I think I want to spend some time kind of doing some more specific social media investigating, I usually just get on Twitter and kind of just search for some stuff and see what's good but even outside of those specific details, I think I want to sew this up and kind of tie it up and turn it back over to y'all by conclusively saying that when you are Black and queer in America, when you are Black in America, when you are a marginalized population in America, you are subject to to, uh, experiencing hate crimes, right? You are subject to those things. And your only hope and only prayer is that people believe you when you talk about what, you know, has been so normalized or been so kind of uh, just another, you know, person making a complaint or just another person kind of complaining about their marginalized identity. You don't want it to be swept out of the rug. You want it to be taken serious. And so my, my only hope throughout all of this is that if trauma was actually experienced, if violence actually happened, you know what I'm saying, that you know, there are some people out there showing him love, caring about him, being empathetic to his situation. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, we understand that when it's all said and done in this society, you get subject to the court of public opinion before you get subject to anything else. I hate to look at this person, and I know he's been a proven abuser in the past, so I'm not giving him a pass for that when I say this, but you got Chris Brown, who was recently found innocent of some recent, you know, rape allegations that were brought up against him. And so you have an instance where false accusations do also take place people do lie about the things that have happened to them or that they it's just it's messy and when we live our lives under microscopes like this it becomes unfortunate you know what i'm saying because we're dealing with a person who the only is three sides of the story his side the court side and the side that you know what i'm saying really happened and how it really played out so in those moments you know what i'm saying we gotta leave space for the realities that people do really experience stuff like this every single day don't know if he lying or not and i hate that his outcome is the way that it is with this whole sentence but I mean, it's something to think about, you know, people struggling through being targeted every day of their life. And every now and again, we got to stop and make sure we're taking
1: them serious. But that's yeah. just me. Yeah, man. With that being said, we gonna I guess, much that that, that that care about what's going on with Jesse, we're going to pay attention and see what's going on and what, what comes out. But uh, we're going to slide to this uh, conscious chop. Um, today is March 10th. You feel me? We're the the, the the month of March. March is known as Women's History Month. And before exactly. I start dropping the jewels tidbits about, you know, when uh, the history of Women's History Month, I'm just curious, when did y'all learn about Women's History Month? <clears throat> definitely in my adult life. Right yeah. when I got into college.
2: <laughs> yeah, like definitely didn't know it was a thing, didn't know uh, that. I mean, after Black History Month, you're just like, okay, that was fun. That was, yeah. that was nice. Learned a lot of stuff, did a lot of Black things. St. Patrick's Day right? And so that's really the way you start to frame the next holiday and the next move. And so the I honestly, uh, you, you, what? I mean, that's in May. We still got Green two more months, we get, <laughs> we get there. But I don't this know. For me, break. For, yeah, for me, for <laughs> me, it was probably in undergrad, grad school, when you start getting those real big calendars and you know the diversity initiatives in schools want to make sure every month of the calendar got something to celebrate, something to do. And really, it, that's what i took it as, like, Y'all come up with a month for everything. Y'all want something to celebrate. Y'all just want something to make sure y'all's little diversity of departments have something to do. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh shoot, this is a real thing. It's international and it's something important. And so all that to say, as a woman, I did not know about Women's History Month until I was a grown woman, which was interesting.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Especially when we go over the history of it. I'm gonna wait till that yeah. though, and then I'm gonna then drop that
0: um yeah like I said college like that's when I first uh like probably like when I first got introduced to women's studies like it was probably around that same time like that wasn't that wasn't even the thing that was on the on the radar to be for real but the the, the wild thing about it to me though and and I guess this may be more conversation that we get into later it was just that like I feel like Mother's Day kind of represented that like so like May you know I mean I guess was kind of yeah, you know I mean, what we had. So, because it was, because I had like a lot of grandmas. So Mother's Day was like a big fucking deal because it was like we had a lot of people to see, a lot of people to get gifts for, and a lot of people to show love to. You know what I mean? So uh I think that was the closest before I got to college. The closest we had to Women's mo- History Month was Mother's Day. Um, that was about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Okay.
0: I
2: think the only time during the year where we really just take time to be like women, which is why it's always so funny when dads be mad about Father's Day because, oh, stop. But anyway, not, I'm not here for that battle. We'll yeah. don't, don't do that. Hey, hey, in the you.
1: comments section, y'all let us know too when, when when did you first hear about The history of Women's History Month Or oh, actually when, when did you first learn about Women's History Month But just to give y'all a little history on Women's History Month This comes from Women's History Month.gov <coughs> It says that uh, Women's History Month had its origins As a national celebration In 1981 Before all three of us was born Which is still wild So how the hell was it a thing before we was born But we didn't learn about it until well in our adult life But mm-hmm. Congress passed a uh, bill which authorized and requested the uh, president to proclaim the week beginning March 7th, of 1982, as Women's History Week. Throughout the first five years, though, however, Congress continued to pass joint resolutions that designating the week in March as Women's History Week. In 1987, after being petitioned by the National Women's History Project, Congress passed uh, Pub L 100 9, which designated the month of March. 1987 as women's history month. And in between 1988 and 1994, Congress passed additional resolutions requesting the authorize that the president proclaimed that March of each year of, of women's history month since 1995, the president has issued a whole bunch of series of things, uh, after now that I threw that in there, we know the history yeah. of women's history month. I see some people say they learned about it 14 years ago. Some people say they learned about it five years ago. Some people say they learned about it in high school. Um, The concept of her story, how do y'all feel about the concept of people using the terminology her story in just position to his story or history?
2: Um, Lee, I mean, I'm sorry, plug, go ahead ahead and and take a stab at that. How do you feel about her story?
0: (laughs) I think it's, I mean, I think it's, I think it's clever. Um, Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's clever. I mean, like I like I always say, man, like I'm I'm very anti establishment. So it's just like the what I what I think the establishment is is white male. You know what I'm saying? So like any perspective that is outside of that, you know, what I mean, I, I think deserves like its its own focus, like its own, you know what I mean, like conversation. Because too often like that's what gets dictated. You know what I'm saying? That perspective, the white male perspective. And then we attempt to understand ourselves and, and like filter everything else through what's already been filtered to us. So we ain't got a lot of work. We ain't got a lot to work with. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I look at like the the, the whole her story perspective. I don't think it's, I don't think it's like counter to, you know I mean, I think it's just, it's, it, it exists as its own thing. Like it's its mm. own perspective. It's its own conversation. Which is required specifically. You know what I think, and, and let me just let me just say this now because when I knew he was gonna talk about this, this is what I definitely want to make sure I got off. Specifically in an era where you got like Kevin Samuel type niggas rocking the way that they rock, like that shit, like that type of mentality, like that's why you need that like focus on that because there's already an overinvestment in in like this white plantation patriarchal understanding of being a man and masculinity that's. Like that we need to, without a doubt, eat, like push back on wholeheartedly. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, that I, I think that's starting with the perspective of uh, women, specifically black women, who have historically been denied the ability to... Let me say this real quick, and then we'll get to you, Toya. You. I had a debate about the uh, black feminism and whether or not it, it uh, fractured the relationship between black men and black women, right? Mm. Of course, I was the negative on that position. Mm -hmm. My opponent literally took no time. He took no time and effort to understand black feminism. All the arguments that he came with specifically situated around uh, white feminists and his criticism of white feminists. All the things that black feminists say that they don't fuck with. He was specifically situated in the conversation. So like the idea that black women had their own like like field of thought Mm -hmm. was just completely lost on him. His only conversation was was situated around how he understood black feminists attempting to be like white women. So it was like, yeah, it's it's, from that perspective, it's completely fucking necessary.
2: (laughs) Um, I will say, I think in relationship to her story, I kind of feel like a here. Uh said her story is definitely clever, but unnecessary women's history is cool. Just make sure we speak up and tell our own story. And that's kind of my take on it. Like I didn't ever want to be the woman that was like, All right. But I was always like, All right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need that. Like, you know, there are some gestures, those are symbolic gestures, those are those like kind of overdrawn out efforts to like I'll give you a prime example. And this is again not to slight or to disrespect. individuals who see or find empowerment in this language right but i'll give you another example um women with the x right like there are a lot of dialogue dialectical linguistic justifications for using it to leave space for trans women this that and the other but i think it over marginalizes them when we should just they can just be women with an e and they are just women and we not not over try to overstimulate language or over encompass language to really kind of create more marginalization instead of just kind of putting them into the fold of what a woman is. I don't need to spell women with an X. I just want to honor you as a woman with an E the same way as we understand what womanness is. It's something that is not fixed. That's not rigid, rigid that's evolutionary that's ever changing. That's boundless. You two are a woman, right? So when I look at history, I guess it's not a one-to-one relationship, but when I look at history, I'm just like, um, and, and I'm, again, I'm not, so, Blossom is like, um, no, it's more than that. Completely willing to grant you that. Don't want to overstep my boundaries in terms of what trans the trans relationships to language, linguistics, representation. I'm not trying to do that. This is just my orientation toward language. So, when I look to her story, I'm just like, I don't need that. That is a gesture. <laughs> I mean, and you know, his story. I was a spoken word artist. I grew up doing a lot of poetry. So, you know, there's a lot of breaking down. That's why it's clever. His story. And there's respect for it. It's just, I would rather spend time in relationship to history being like, I'm here. And this is what it looked like. And I'm not about to split hairs over that little nuanced piece of language. but. I just don't want to be misunderstood as, as thinking that language is not important. Language shapes reality, right? I'm a nigga user. <laughs> I understand the reclamation of words and language and phraseologies. I'm a member of a queer community, so there are other words and languages that we use that you bet. Not. Like I get all of that. I just feel like history was a reach for me in terms of how I needed to readjust my language to put significance center.
1: No, yeah,
2: yeah, I, no, so I, I
1: Yeah, I definitely understand and can agree. You know what I'm saying? I guess understand, I should say, both of y'all perspective in in it. I guess how I see it is it's definitely symbolic. You feel me? It's definitely Mm -hmm. a symbolic gesture, you know. um, You know what I mean? But I also recognize that when I learned about semiotics and debate, you feel me, the study of symbols and shit like that. I recognize Mm -hmm. how there are a lot of masculine, patriarchal, male-dominating symbols. That's seeing different, you feel me, s- signs or different signals to different folks. And that and it, and, it, and it really influences how we value different narratives over other narratives. So I get it. You feel me? Like most yeah. of history is structured about significance and tr- traditions that's centered around men. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. You feel me? But I feel like what you threw in there, though, was something that you will Like, you know what mm. I'm saying? As, the, you had, as a woman saying this, it, it's just like, okay. I get that, but I recognize though the the importance of symbols. Not saying nobody should be lost. You, you should be lost in the sauce of symbolism. I think that's what Toya is exactly. saying, basically, like don't be lost in the sauce of symbolism. But I get symbols matter, but don't get lost in the south. Well, that's pretty much how, how
0: I see it as well. But, but I, I mean, I think what's missed though is like our relationship with symbols, though, like our relationship with labels. Like I, I think I, this is where I kind of I, I see where Toya coming from because it's like the the goal is supposed to be to detach how we have like very specific concrete understandings of labels and allow these things to exist as, you know, what I'm saying multifaceted, right? So mm-hmm. we can look at woman and be able to understand many different things from it, as opposed to saying it only means this, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, so like, that's why we all have this appreciation for the word nigga, because, the one thing that we recognize is that it's it's totally multifaceted you can't deny it and know the the you know what I'm it's, a, it's, the a word, pronoun, it's a it's a verb it's everything right so it's like at what point do we do we like create do we stop creating more labels and like really just learn to break through in our understanding of what we're what we're looking at you know what I mean because we know these things could mean different things and mm. we know we don't have to just mean that but the, the the language become concrete because the understanding is concrete based on the cultural upbringing which makes it concrete you feel me, and like it, from that perspective it's like like it again it's clever, but it's like is it the focus though <laughs> like is that
1: see, you see, know me it ain't the label and that's the issue is usually how we're able to differentiate and value in between those symbols or between those you know what I'm saying labels mm-hmm. you feel me. And I think that that's the important part for me. You know what I'm saying? How I recognize when I'm doing different trainings or workshops or even thinking about, like, difference and sameness. And you know, me, I'm going to say lost in the sauce in a minute. So I think about, like, lost in the sauce of sameness or similarity about being how we focus on how we the same and make it where we are are, are almost an always in opposition to the infinite ways that we're different. So how I think about it is, is like, hey, we might as well get the labeling. We can label all day, the question becomes: How do we create a hierarchy based off these labels? And to me, I feel like going further. You know, what I'm saying, and the criticism is like: It's how we start to create different values on our differences. Still I mean, it's very much. much what I'm saying it's
2: a sign. It's a, it's a connection to signs. There's a reason why. You know, I think by the you, you can watch some of the best quality basketball. Some of the best athletes, some of the smartest, most talented people in the game of basketball in the WNBA, but because of the symbol of women, right, it automatically depreciates the brand of what they have to offer to what they do. And Imagine if it was, uh, it diminishes. yeah, and, and I don't know another, you know, the national, the the United States basketball association, right? So what, I, I just wonder if they weren't, the like, we have the NBA, the National Basketball Association, if the WNBA could be called the American Basketball Association, Right, which we are. I know there used to be one. Right, but say with the the (laughs) United States Basketball Association, where it didn't have that symbolic nomenclature of women women. to automatically, perceptually, based on our culture, our experiences, the things that we we've seen, degrade and devalue that brand. I just wonder if there will be a different association with that particular sport, with the likeness, with the, because we, you know what I'm saying? So the same thing, when I hear history, I hear this kind of forced attempt to push in and pull in and create some type of linguistic name recognition that automatically depreciates what I'm about to offer you and how I'm about to censor it. Now, of course, you know, we just get to the facts, the nuts of both of the information, the history, and it's the history and it's that. But even the slippages, trying to make sure I don't say history, trying to make sure, like, that's cumbersome. That is, you know, it takes away, and it detracts it's from my life. Let me tell you what about what you mean by cumbersome. Hold on, oh, 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 oh,
1: oh, cumbersome, cumbersome.
2: Yes, yeah, heavy. It's a, a laborious, laborious, uh, <laughs> extra, a burden. Okay, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and you yeah, know, you and, say I, but I, and this, I say this. Like you come. I'm actively, <laughs> listen, y'all. We're actively learning together because I say this, and I'm. I sound. I remember I told you when you sound too much. I always say when you sound like the people too much like the people you are against. You got to be careful. And so I want to make sure I'm not slipping into sounding like individuals who don't have the time to learn pro- learn pronouns. Now I think these are completely different conversations. I think there are clear kind of differences in between that. But I also don't want to sound lazy. Like the people who are just like, I don't, I just, I just say it like this. You just are what you are. I just know you like this. So why would I have to change the pronouns to call you something else? I, but I don't think they're the same thing. So I'm trying to be mindful and conscious and checking back to make sure my politics are consistent. I'm not one participating in kindness and dissonance. I truly believe though, that history versus history supplants the purpose, the goal, the ambition, it kills the vibe of what we're trying to get to. Let's just talk about and center and put importance and significance on
1: and let's just lay the history out there. And let it be with be hey, 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 What? What, what is it? Kay, uh, Kaylee, Kaylee Miller. Why
0: she totally cumbersome? No, <laughs> I mean, I mean, because I, 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 I think it's a, it's a, it's a level of just like, like self policing that, that it come to to where I where, where, like I said, it's like yo, we wait, we operate off of understanding, right? So it's like ultimately like we develop a certain ethos to where like you, you understand what's being said. You know what I mean, now that these, now that there is right, you, you have the politic and it must be understood right now that we, we become cognizant of more things. You feel me? I, it, it, it just becomes difficult. You feel like to, like to, to have to take, cause like you said, sounding like the people that you don't rock with. So I want to be clear with my language. Um, the <laughs> i'll just say this there's an there's an overinvestment mm-hmm. there's an overinvestment in in that in that type of policing as opposed to again broadening uh, focusing on broadening the understanding right and so it's like when somebody like when when it's spoken because of the ethos that you that you develop either with your audience or with the people you rock with uh there is a level of like i i get what's being said as opposed to this is what this sound like and I have a problem with what this sound like. A hey, a hey, uh, maximum with
1: maximum theato Ta-ta. No I said they're wrong.
2: Tatao. Yeah
1: yeah. I think her yeah, no, no like simple kidney statement kidney. might be trying to make me think like, damn, it might be a little capitalist ploy to go on and be able to monetize some. Ne- some bro, some, neoliberal. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, neoliberalism, I
0: think, is yeah, it's, it, is it's the, yeah, it's it's, it's the
2: ne-
0: it's the neoliberal approach to let's throw it on a t-shirt. Then that
2: legitimizes it. at the same
0: time. We're gonna sell
2: that t-shirt though. You know what I'm saying? It's a brand now. We've and, I, 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 you know, this I, I think. That, along with this comment, really kind of speak volumes to me. I had this up. I want to come back to it. New uh, Nyambi says, we have fi- we have to find the balance between creating spaces for the voiceless and creating a million different terms that mean the same damn thing. And this is true. <laughs> you hate, I mean, it, and, and it's such a fine line we have to walk because you want to leave space. You want to allow for individuals to be seen in the field, represented in the movement. So, of course, as a queer person, I look at LGBTQIA+, right? And I, you know have not decided, I will say this, I have not decided how I feel about whether or not it's too long or whether or not we needed to do all of that because I understand representation and seeing yourself as a part of a community. I will say I have left that jokes and people who have made fun of how long it has gotten. So I'm in a precarious (laughs) position. I think I probably benefit from privilege of being accounted for in some of the first kind of letters. I I think, I mean, I ascribe to the cute most specifically, you know what I'm saying? So I'm still kind of toward the middle. Um, if not toward the end, I got lucky um, they, that they went past the T. But, uh, you know, at that same time, I, I agree that only for the sake of not, and this is fine line, again, I keep saying this because we don't care about what y'all think as straight people. We don't care what you think as white people. We're going to name our realities and existences. We don't care what you think as people with abilities, you know what I'm saying, with normative abilities. We're going to talk about disabilities in the ways that make sense to us and cohere for us in our community, and you just need to learn and catch up. Right? So that is true at the same time that it's true that it's like if you don't want to uh, 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 completely turn off or lose or um, demotivate your same demographic from learning your stuff, we got to find a way to so it's like it's the age-old question of how do we do that i don't know i'm imperfect in this analysis i just understand the kind of hard parts of trying to get two worlds to cohere and come together you both want to be seen represented heard but you also want people to do the seeing the understanding and the hearing what do we do agree those worlds come together it's the a question lot of nuance ever. in
1: there a lot of nuance, in real there right quick.
0: There. Real quick. Um, th- there was a, a, a comment that asked for a quick explanation of neoliberalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, I, was really quickly,
1: now, neo- I, I thought around so really much, quickly. it's like,
0: man, let me not give
1: you a, a Negro explanation of neoliberalism. I want to give no, you, I you see, a that's exactly way. what I'm about to give you. No, I'm, I'm about, about to you. I'm gonna give you
0: a, give you a, a, a nigga explanation, not even a Negro. A nigga mm-hmm. explanation. Neoliberalism is the idea that you could spend money and make society better that the progress of of like like how we think socially can be uh uh evolved or made better or pushed forward by capital by commerce by the economy you know what i mean by spending money by yeah you know i mean selling things Yeah, you know i mean that type of con- that like that idea so a lot of like hashtags social media um um, um activism all of that shit, all of that is wrapped up in neoliberalism. Cause it's the I, like we we create these billion dollar social media platforms and then we we use these platforms to push the message of the people. You know what I mean? What I, but, when, when I,
2: the only other word I'll add to your kind of explanation of it is the notion of privatization. Why we privatize things that are should be seen as for the social and public good. So this is why we talk about how capitalism creeps into a good thing, like wanting to center and champion the voices of women. But they're able to throw it on a T-shirt or on a billboard or uh, put a trademark next to it and make it all mine so that you can't use this phrase in this way or this design to talk about that thing. And so the privatization of it takes away the integrity of what the original goal of the message is. We see this in a bunch of other examples in our society. Let's think about healthcare. Right, something that is for the public and communal good, that ought to be readily accessible, that ought to be something that we use as a social contract to make sure the wellness of us as a society is left intact. However, healthcare has been privatized, so neoliberalism has allowed for political parties to champion it. as something they really care about, it's something they really invested in, but behind the curtain of all of that? Is capitalism. Is the agendas of those people trying to make money off of those ideals of health, of wellness, of collective good. This is why people are so skeptical about how we responded to COVID, how we continue to respond to, respond to a whole yeah. bunch of things, because neoliberalism is a question of how we take things that should be of social and political and, and collective good, and we attach mm-hmm. the privatization of how that thing works and functions in a society, um, which kind of deteriorates the value of it and creates a lot of violence a lot of marginalization a lot of all the bad things that come along with capitalism
0: yeah. it's it's and it's and it's really how they attempt to like give capitalism that that good face it's, it's, that,
1: yeah, right yeah look that capitalism like, guess, can be uh, good it's, 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 if we explain it this way shit, how i usually think about it you know what i'm saying i guess in my you feel me nigga, senses type perspective is that neoliberalism is how we are able to monetize feelings and emotions and in a uh, monetize feelings and emotions in a way that were trying to make society better, but it's predicated off of monetizing feelings and emotions. So for me, how I think about it is the past Super Bowls, the companies and the in the corporations that are advertising and promoting their services, they're forefronting a humanitarian like you feel me, uh, 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 shit, you feel me, or, or what's the word I'm looking for, um. Uh, uh what you call it? Uh, they philant- them. like philanthropic, like, you know, yeah. yeah, philanthropists Like literally, yeah. you had you know, saying so you got beer companies talking about how they using
0: clean, sustainable. You know what I'm saying? Products. Green trucks. Yeah. We're, Our we're trucks are green, green.
2: right? Like but we we have an electronic
1: fleet. Yeah, neoliberalism is Donald Trump being like, hey, Donald Trump followers being like, yeah, that systemic like racism shit, that shit does not exist. However, we're gonna sell to black people the First Step Act. We're gonna sell to black people the Platinum Plus, Platinum Plus Plan. We're gonna sell it to me. That's neoliberalism. I'm gonna sell you a feelings and emotion to try to move you in a particular way in my value. You know what I'm saying, but everything oh, we yeah. say is really a
0: combination of all those things. Look, and, and I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to turn this 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 chop into a uh like a neoliberalism chop because we definitely need to <laughs> talk about you know what I'm saying the women that's important to us. But this is a great question that's being asked here, right? Like, where the weed at? Still, the weed is there. What you have now are weed companies that are focused on social justice. There was a weed box that was sent out by one weed brand that I had seen. And the box that they sent had the names of all of these black people that had been arrested and had been in prison all over weed. Right. They was advocating for them to get out of jail. While at the same time making billions off the industry that ended up putting them jail in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Oh, another one. I mean, just such, so many great examples. I'm like, that. we in criminal justice.
2: Great example. Another great example is Target is the most flagrant ass company I
1: can think of. So many hey, other man, ones. This is our example but, though about the difference in the chop up as a podcast and the other podcast. <laughs> we are intellectuals that are really passionate about dropping jewels on a portable skills that we was able to yeah. hone in as policy debaters. So we gonna we completely off topic. <laughs> to the goddamn <laughs> fun talking about neoliberalism because it also goes yeah. to show when we criticize in February what companies do. A lot of those companies just literally rinse and repeat. Dry, oh, done with that's the black shit, pick up woman shit. You see what I'm saying? That's it's like that's neoliberalism. It's like we don't, you know what? Hey, our company,
0: when Madden, go, when Madden like, has, you know, when now, yeah, has social though. justice,
1: uh, hello, it's important. Uh, neoliberalism is like this. We're going to monetize the progression of women, but we're still going to pay women significantly less at our business. We don't have no women in no positions of leadership. We ain't got no women getting no raises. However, we will sell your ass some filicky, good-feeling shit to make you feel like, yeah. yes, those women are doing it. And those women yeah. should be there. But it don't mean that they're going to be paying women in terms of keeping that same energy when they're doing a symbolic empowerment.
0: Yeah, that's like that. No, 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 no. That that was exactly that's what I'm saying. That's that's a perfect example, right? That's a perfect example. How neoliberalism works. It'll literally make money off of saying respect women while not respecting women. Women. Period. (laughs) Period. It's that simple. But uh, but so before it gets too
1: late, I I definitely wanna. Your last question because we I yeah, I thought like you definitely wanna you know what I'm saying, get into the body shit at least a little bit because the people are looking forward to it. We got an title already. But yeah, we'll we'll yeah, we'll keep it brief. To end off this conscious shop about women's history or her story month. Her story, but no money for child care or maternity leave. Mm-hmm. My God.
2: I mean, just the can the examples are endless. The examples are endless, but we digress. Hey, oh, close this out. They- check us
1: out. If y'all don't get nothing from the show tonight, I hope that you've taken a great lesson about neoliberalism and about how (laughs) neoliberalism invested was in Justice Smiley's shit, how neoliberalism is a part of Women's History Month, and how neoliberalism is a part of a lot of the shit that Biden does. But to round Mm. this conversation out, who is a black woman in history that has empowered you the most? Who is a black woman in history that has empowered you the most?
0: Yeah. And that's on women's
2: history, man. Oh, it's so you, yeah, that's a big, 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 big question. It's a lot, I like it's a lot
0: lot man, look, why, why look, why to go ahead and think about it. Why I told you to think about it? I, yeah. I, I can answer this very easy because, like I said at the mm-hmm. beginning, I was raised by a lot of women, I had a lot of grandmas, great grandmas. You feel me? My brothers and sisters' grandmas. You feel me? I had a big blended family. You know, what I mean, so like when you talk about women who, like, I, the, I'm here where I am today, of the lessons that I learned, just. From women, period. Like that's why when I like when I learn that like niggas talk the way that they talk about women or they feel the way that they feel about like like this, like this cultural phenomenon that's happening right now with the black manosphere and shit. It 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 just doesn't make it it don't make sense to me because of what I was brought up in. Like I was brought up in a way where like you can't, I like my mama was a strong woman, my grandmothers mm-hmm. were strong women, you feel me? They were vulnerable women, yeah. I mean, they was women, they were intelligent women, hardworking women. I seen it all. You feel me? And it was crazy. Like, most of them, like my mama crazy. You feel me? I say <laughs> that. I'm grown. Like I'm grown, so I can say that over yeah. the internet now. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, and I wish you'd say something. Uh <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, like because I was like, because. Nah, shut up, shut up. Uh But but because you know what I'm saying like I, I like that that was my upbringing. You know what I mean? Like it's like just all of them, all like all the women that was in my life, like all my grandmas, my mama, my auntie. Like it was just they all are the reason why I'm here today. It reminds me. Next time I ask this question, you gotta say
1: excluding your mommy and your granny, them. <laughs> and that's why I was just like I don't. That's
2: easy for me because I'm always pick my mama. And shout out to Noel for showing me love. Definitely. Uh, working with the city of Littleton, trying to work alongside very strong and capable women. The director of HR in the city of Littleton is right here. Uh, the assistant director in that department, so many people across that city government who have been working alongside me to have a good time and and, and really boost Littleton to the next level. So I appreciate that a lot. If I had to pick any woman, um, I'm going to pick my favorite constant go-to and I'm going to also pick uh my 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 current kind of black woman who's been on my heart that I really been feeling in terms of Black History Month. So my go-to is always Queen Latifah. I think Naeem and me kind of are on the same page in that. Yeah. In terms of I'm gonna tell you why. Queen Latifah is I think she's an e So I wanna say she has an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Um, so she has killed the game in all four categories. She's beautiful and she is just a tomboy, masculine, stud the soft stuff, whatever. I don't know how she identified, but I don't know. She's always been the prototype for me because she just, whatever she pick up and she want to do and she do it in her her swag and her her personality is always kind of one I've, I've identified with. Yeah. You Twitter. got that this queen list. energy.
0: Yeah, you got that energy. Yeah, you got that
2: energy. You know what I'm saying? My, my name on, yeah. uh, not queen, it's not Queen Latifah on Twitter, but it's a uh, 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 a James, you know what I'm saying, and that's just because that whole flavor style of you know, she was bad, she dressed how she wanted to, her hair was always lace, she was pulling Montel Jordan, she was pulling scooter, she was pulling this, like it was just she was just it for me. And if I had to pick a 90s life to live, 90s time, girl, I'm glad okay. I, huh? wow. I want to, uh, uh, to be like the queen, uh, man, I wanted to be like the queen. So, even outside of that, I would say I want to tip my hat to Regina King, right? Now, right? Uh, another beautiful creator and um, producer, and just kind of mind in the entertainment industry. Um, and I want to choose her because, you know, recently her son uh, committed suicide, passed away. And she had to deal with that grief very publicly. I think the day after she accepted a huge award from like the Emmys or something like that. Um, but, you know, she's the voice of one of our favorite animes, and animated series uh, in the Boondock. She uh, executive produced and created- Legend. So many things. Legend. She's been around since Friday. She started so many you know things. This yes, whole so started legend. so many things. So when you just really start to put her resume together, she's somebody who uh, has been on my heart here lately. She's somebody I think about often, and who I, I just want to tip my hat off to, just because she she really is the pinnacle of, of greatness and what it looks like. And for right now, you know, I'm, I'm we say we don't want to talk about black women anymore and characterize what they do by strength. And so I'm with that and I agree. But she is being the example of that. Right
1: now, in terms of you know just what she represents
0: and what she's doing, so yeah. that's me and my team. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, all right, tonight. Hold on, hold on. Because if we ain't talking about our granny and them, I, mean, I, I caught that. Uh if We ain't talking about that. Man. Shout out to, shout uh,
1: to TS Medicine, the goat. You feel me? Definitely, definitely somebody there. You the, know what I'm saying? The
0: woman that the woman that inspired me the most right now, Stacey Abrams. Yeah, she a okay. bad, she Let's a bad see. motherfucker, bro. Like she a bad <laughs> motherfucker. I mean, because like she doing, you gotta understand. Like, I have a I have a I've I always said like I never wanna like I don't I've been to Atlanta, like I've been to certain places in the in the in the deep south, but it's not somewhere that I rock with. Like I never want to live in the deep south, I would never want to live in Mississippi, Alabama, or Georgia. I don't care what yeah. city, you know what I'm saying what community, whatever, I would never want to live in them states just because the racism is so entrenched. I mean, there's a culture of racism. Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, hell, Louisiana, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Get like, Texas and, and Florida got Miami. So it's like, it's a... But it, and it's just its own different type of crazy. But them three, you know what I mean? And for her to be doing what she doing, like, like creating, like, you know what I mean? Being, like, a, a political force in, like, such a deeply entrenched... Dangerous... Because do, really do are we... Do we did we forget that's where our leaders were a lot of our our, our, our leaders was murdered uh, mm-hmm. like like i mean people trying to like push for change were lynched in in alabama and in georgia like in mississippi like hey, that shit ain't no joke like it's <laughs> yeah. so for the reason why you don't see a lot of black leadership in places like that is because you know it's it's difficult and she showed it that yeah. shit
1: that's
0: yeah. Stacey Abrams. Yeah, motherfucker,
1: is, uh, bro. <laughs> I guess if we her giving out too. Shit, my historically, and I guess she ain't really even that old because I'm saying historically, but uh, the first black woman that really touched my soul and it really I re- think it had this conversation, I realized has a big part in why I'm at right now. Sister Soldier, without mm-hmm. Sister Soldier, mm-hmm. I don't think it'd be mm-hmm. a conscious leader like, like me seeing her as somebody that was from the hood, that spoke with confidence about African-descendant people, that really spoke her shit to people like Cornell Wells at the Do- Phil Donahue show, and being an author, and being uh, an in- intellectual. Yeah. Sister Soldier for me, is like really one of the black women that's like, I would love and be honored to meet her and have a conversation with her, you see what I'm saying? And then the black woman that's doing it right now, that because of what I'm in space I'm in right now, it's a race, living a dream. Issa array is the pinnacle of taking intellectual property on social media and turning it into an empire that she's gonna be able to feed generations off of all off the strength and hustle you feel me a straight grinding on social media so sister soldier it's array i'm being yeah. consciously as fans of y'all if y'all see this you feel me if y'all hear this y'all is doing a damn thing and y'all don't know how much y'all empower and inspire people Generations and generations, and generations, and y'all should be in the goddamn, you feel me, in the books. Hey, and, and two shout out to Marsha P. You know what I'm saying? Marsha you know. Marsha P stay in the peace. safe and Pay no mind. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? You got you got Janet Mock, you
0: know what I mean? I just seen Michelle Obama. We got we got
1: a lot of people. Well, yeah, what well, they, word they word asked. Word they word asked word
0: how do how do y'all feel about Michelle Obama? Honestly, ever since Obama's time as president, I've mixed the most about it. I'm gonna keep it a stack. Um because Donald Trump was not o- not only became a viable candidate, but actually served as president, I think Michelle Obama could give give it a shot. <laughs> I think she'd do better than Barack. I think she'd be more popular than Barack. If we if we keeping it in a stack, like let's be for real, you know? Donald Trump set the bar ext- If we justified four years of that, we owe somebody like a Michelle Obama four years of a uh, rock as for a, a black celebrity president. Stop stop playing with me. Chris
1: Wilson, I, remember Chris Wilson. I, 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 feel like, I feel like when I first got woke and conscious, I was really rocking with French Chris Wilson. But then when I started getting into being more intersectional and started peeping how she felt like homosexuality was a uniquely white supremacy, you know what I'm saying? And shit, I was like, damn, I don't know about that one, doc. I don't know about that one, Doc. Yeah, that's why you
2: know, you know, you you and everybody, if you're anything like you know, the three of us are, because I know we were subject to the the education and elevated education from this particular brand. But if you watch Hidden Colors at its height, uh you were able to hear a lot of cause even Sharzad, what's her name? It's a woman. Yeah, Ali. Ali. Mean,
0: yeah, I mean. I
2: mean, right. A lot of people who have a lot of interesting surface level introductory, helpful things to get you. You got hard, some Shaharazad right? Ali
0: energy too, to you.
2: No, I don't. I do not you know, you know, agree with that woman. She literally said, if your woman want to talk crazy or whatever, you can open hand slap her to get her. And I was just like, ma'am, yeah. The, like, her no, of I didn't say
0: ideology. I didn't say ideology. Yeah. Well, a I don't wear
2: this cap either. So I'm good. I'm going to let my locks hang in and respect the gangster. And Trina, then, then check me, fix me, help me understand. But from what I saw and from what I heard repeatedly, that was kind of the perception that she defended. Either way, all of that to say, um, these people uh, provided Francis Cress, Cress Elsie. Dr. Just, just Francis Cress Wilson. Yes. Uh, a bunch of these different, I mean, even Dr. Umar, right? That broken clocks twice a day. They can be right. Right. So in terms of introductory kind of black liberation, black scholarship, black or You have to know that. For, like that was fundamental learning and education. And so a lot of interesting, interesting things came from her. Um, in that particular segment, but you know, Lee, if that's what you got on that, let y'all decide what we're gonna do. Is we gonna uh, talk about Biden, or we gonna what we move through next? Uh, we on can make fire. it quick. If we do decide, make
1: it quick, make it, make it make it short. I'm getting tired. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, we can we can make it quick. We can make it quick. Any, you no whole conversation, um, just like a real quick political chop. I want to get y'all thoughts in the, ch- the chat. Starts on um, a conversation is happening um, with. Uh Joe Biden and him speaking up talking about uh we need to get back to work. Mm-hmm. Not specifically talking about unemployment, but uh specifically talking about like ending remote work and people getting back butts in the seats, all that type of shit. So um, really quickly, when you hear Joe Biden saying that, now what the numbers say, the statistics show that actually people are getting back to work, telecommuting is is down. Um People have been returning back to work for a while now, and so his comments is just like, "I think are you? Do you know what's going on at all? Like, why is this a priority? Like, it's a lot of mm-hmm. shit that's happening in the world, and you trying to tell niggas that they need to get back to work when we see that trending upwards anyway." But when y'all hear them statements, that's me. When y'all hear them statements, uh, where y'all at? What's your initial thoughts, Toya? Oh
2: um, uh, my, I'm not ready. As somebody who has worked from home since March the 13th, 2020 even despite my colleagues going back to work and teaching on campus, I'm still teaching from the crib. Uh, I'm not into it, especially now, considering, you know, gas, especially now I consider how much my groceries are. I've recently moved to a space that's less space for more money. So I'm still trying to find some balance and, you know, balancing those bills and constantly stuff going up. And so I feel like I have learned and figured out and functioned and contributed meaningfully. Um, my evaluations were proved that much like I think a lot of other Americans have. My quality of life has improved in such ways that make me feel better about doing my job. So I think it's just kind of weird to overlook all of those components for trying to fill up Office space. One of the best arguments I've heard against it, or you know, the real reason why Joe kind of wants us to get back to the office, and start working more, is that we got all these big old downtowns, expensive downtowns that we've built and paved over and slathered up with concrete and glass. And we got a whole bunch of businesses that now have found that is a justifiable reason to move their businesses down there. So we got these skyscrapers, we got these uh, uh, big, huge buildings and downtown spaces not being filled. So cities are losing money. The city governments are. Down bad. And so it just shows you the poor planning and the interconnectedness and how we end up being responsible for the failures and, and kind of thinking through maybe why that system or structure of building a city might not work. But yeah, that's me.
1: Shit, man. I think that it's a lot of capping and rap that go on without uh specifically Biden when it comes to him caring about his constituents or trying to build back better. Like, bro, how you building back better if you just prioritizing. Dry ass putting people in buildings because you feel like the buildings cost some money and you ain't taking into account gas prices or mental health or you know what I'm saying, variants or spikes or like nah folk, you really bullshit or man. global warming. I yeah, what? hey, really how it's looking right now it's like, listen, man, uh Mitt Romney, uh Harry Clinton. God damn! Listen, man, shit. <laughs> I don't want to vote for Why Joe those people
0: specifically, bro. Why are those, those people? people that came to mind. They
1: ran. That, 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 <laughs> hey, the people that came to mind that ran recently. That shit, man. Come back and try to try to try to persuade me in twenty twenty four, man. You might yeah. do something better. So, God But I don't want okay.
0: no, Yeah, sure. like I said, it's, I, I think we all agree that it's that it's for sure for sure corporate interest. Um, but keeping it brief though. Uh, how, so how has like COVID? What what has been y'all favorite thing in terms of work uh, that that COVID has introduced? Like what have we learned? Uh, I think we talked about this before. Like, I think during COVID we we talked about like what is it that we like, but like now that we like now that, essentially we out of it. California lifted their bang on masks. Um, yeah, certain, certain certain establishments still kind of enforce it. Um, but what what have y'all learned about work during COVID? You know what I mean that y'all think is like, yo, like we can't move forward without it. Well, uh, okay, reframe the question. So you said, yeah, what definitely. is something? What have y'all, what have y'all learned about work, about working, mm. you know what I'm saying, about labor, specifically doing your job. Yeah. Uh, that y'all learned during COVID, we ain't know before. It wasn't even a you know what even the possibility? I'm saying we ain't know before. Oh. Things, the things that you have come away from now that COVID is over, that you like, yeah, I can't move into the future. Without
2: um, I, the ability, okay, so the question is, is I'm going to answer it in the way that I think is what you're asking me. What things do I, did I realize we didn't need that were kind of excessive or unnecessary from that? I think uh, meetings, I've changed and shifted my relationship toward meetings. Now I do hate that now every meeting has to be a Zoom meeting, right? Like I don't need to see you like we can do regular, having the old school conference calls. Like I miss those. But I think the way that we approach kind of meetings and what can happen in meetings and kind of the more efficient approach to having meetings, I've appreciated just because I feel like people got Zoom fatigue. And so now they're a little bit more careful in saying, okay, I want you to stop what you're doing and sit by a screen, even though this is the life we moved to. So that was something that I, I prefer. Like even, you know, kind of creating meetings around being able to Zoom. Like we do need to meet, but y'all go ahead home, start your dinner, take your stuff out the freezer, do whatever you're going to do, start that load of laundry and jump on. And they're like, you know, and people kind of want to leave work at work. But I just think the orientation toward meetings has changed. I also think the demand for, uh, uh, one thing that I don't want to see again is like the demand for, a certain style of dress. You know what I'm saying? And I get it. Some spaces, some places you want to come in and be recognized and see for your professionalism. But in other ways, I I just think, man, people have had a chance to get into athleisure. They've invested money in whole new different types of budgets. We talk about how people's bodies have changed and transformed. And so clothes ain't really fitting and hitting the same. I just feel like people are, you know, definitely still in the mode of, and we still are in a pandemic where we're doing the best we can. You know what I'm saying? So I'm hoping we can come up with a little less buttoned up just a little bit more freer still look good still be polished still be clean be the best version of yourself but i think the intensity out of the professional look in certain spaces is just i mean i'm, I'm i'll be happy to see that go that's just me
1: for me i feel like man i see i see mine kind of I'm, I'm answering the question i guess in a negative way a little bit i think that the thing that's going to be around here that i realize that's going to be here to say. That I feel like it shouldn't be, but it's gonna be here to stay. Is the 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 distinction between uh, home and work? Um Living in Oklahoma, when we had snow days, kids would be out of school and adults would not have to work. Due to virtual learning and distance working and working from remote, working from home, there's no such thing as snow day now. There's no such thing as a as a, yeah. as a you feel me? It's like hey. Your kids are gonna be at home with your ass today, and y'all gonna be virtual learning. The job gonna hit you and say, Hey man, I know you might got kids at home, but damn it, we still expect for you to work from home. So, for me, it's just seeing that it's just a ways for a corporate world to, to circumvent its way into your life to still be like, Yeah, I know you're sitting in your bedroom, but motherfucker, you got to clock in. You owe me so hey, you know what? It don't matter if you ain't at work now, you yeah, at home, but you can work. You got Wi Fi, we need it.
0: Yeah and 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 I and I close and I close it out with this and that's why I think this that that uh, that Biden pushing you know what I'm saying that back to the office type of mentality has everything to do with corporate real estate because you actually have like orwellian big brother levels of uh of control and access to 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 your employees with the work from home type shit like you as, you got a webcam you got internet yeah i got access to you Period. So when George yeah. talk about that deterioration between work and home, it's like there's levels of accessibility that they have access to that they give up whether or not they see you in your seat. But when, hey, but you, you're going to be right here though. Like I know, I know I can get you in front of this camera.
2: I just, I don't know. I feel like in, and you know, I think I live in a more, I work in a more laissez faire environment where we might have a meeting, but I don't have to have my camera on, or even for my own students, like I don't have a camera policy. I'm happy that you came to join me. Drive your car, eat your lunch, lay across your bed. Feed your dog, play with your little sister. I don't care. I'm just kind of happy that you showed up and you but pay you for this. So if you want to take notes and keep track of what I'm saying and do kind of the formal class thing, do that. But if not, the only time I ask my students to cut their camera on is when their classmates are presenting because they deserve an audience. I'm good. I'll talk to the treats about uh, how to make an argument. Like, I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. But when your colleagues oh. are speaking, I think they deserve your head, not your smiles, and your looks of confusion so they can figure out what they're saying and say it better in real time. That being said, I think even though, you know, with cameras, it's like, okay, well, this is happening, that's happening, you still need to beat yourself and turn your camera on. I just, I'm sitting here chilling, I'm vibing, I'm looking out my own window. I'm in the comfort of my, I'll hit a, hit a mute, hit a cut off the camera and run to my bathroom, go to my kitchen and get in my bed and come on back. And so if I got to do it anyway, I'd rather it look like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I got to be in the mix, if I, if you just demand that I show up, I just, you know, I would appreciate it. But, but, I, at- I, I,
0: but, I, but uh, but and I and I, now I say this, and if you got anything you want to add, George, we could close out. But just in response is that, but that's the, what But what that becomes is that's the negotiation. Like, that's the compromise. Like, okay, work from home. Had that camera on, though. Because they can't demand that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, all right, when we're in a meeting, you feel me, dedicated space, you know what I'm saying, for your work, you, you know, figure this out, figure that out. Like, that can start to become how they how they negotiate these, these different ways of control outside of just having butts and seats. But that's why it's the reason why it's so, like, you, you can do that, but you're choosing them, like, yeah, no, nah, y'all got to come in still. It's because everything associated with coming in, the gas, the in, like, all those industries, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Uh, gas stations, fast food, car—like all the things associated with the commute. That's not just the car. You feel me? All—all all the industries associated with commuting. Mm-hmm. You feel me? They—they they gotta sustain those. Now they are starting mm-hmm. to see a come—a a comeback in um, in hospitality. You know, what I'm saying shit. All of those types of things. There, we, there's a resurgence in these things happening. So, certain industries are getting back to their pre-COVID um levels. So it's just like, bro, you ain't got to sound desperate. My nigga, like, let this shit like, work out. It just, it just ain't, ain't a good look.
2: I mean, I also think, um, you know, there's something to be said, too, about the level of privilege that working from home accompanies. You know, there are typically people who get to work from home who have the luxury of making those type decisions are different, e- either have a certain type of social mobility or make a certain amount of money or have a certain type of situation. So the other side of this is, is you know, it is unfair for people who have been essential workers, who've been on the front lines, who have... Been the people to serve our community and stuff like that because they've never really had the option of you know caring. They what you mean? Go back. I was back after a week. I was back after a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I went back in that night and just never stopped doing my shit. I ain't
0: stopped. Yeah, you know what yeah I'm saying? Right. so
2: there's a level one acknowledgement. Essential a workers. Kinda, yeah, privilege to to know that I do a job that I feel like is pretty essential. I'm teaching the future minds and brains of America. But when we talk about you know, what's really essential, I'm splitting hairs about having to go back to work and stuff like that. And there's people who never left. You know what I'm saying? And I, I do recognize and realize
1: that. So, uh, hey, a uh, hey, Taiwan, Marty, this goddamn inspired me, man. Listen, we right now, we talking about the work week. Peep game, though. Don't get so lost in the sauce of American bipartisanship politics that you really dry ass believe that the international realms is is really operating off of a Democrat, Democrat or Republican. Or Republican. Republican. Like get oh, why are you your responded to that man. goddamn comment section with that bullshit, sir. This not the place to time for it. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you really <laughs> believe that a Democrat or Republican being in office is gonna, does, you wildly, folks. Like you, your knowledge of international relations is lacking, and your comment is structured but cap. Mm. You're not here for it, bro. Yeah, I, don't like, know, I don't
0: even know why you. This uh, is because
1: I've heard now, like, well, if, if Trump was in office, Russia wouldn't did this to Ukraine. It's like, motherfucker, Trump was trying to withdraw whole money from Ukraine, goddamn, but listen, man. Before you have yeah, work, with that being said,
0: bro, yeah. yeah before you, have,
1: before you that, work out, it, it sucks. You know? I think we should yeah. bring this conversation back to give a little more history and kind of go like a history lesson. You feel me?
0: We're going to talk a little bit more about labor next time. We're going to get more into labor next time. Um... Because it was, it was, it was a few things that deserved a little bit more attention that we had to really get into. Um, shout out to the healthcare, shout out to all the essential workers that, like, when Tony talk about that, that privilege. Shout out to, yeah, I mean, everybody that held it down while motherfuckers was yeah. complaining about not being able to go outside. Um, everything that y'all did, like, I mean, we, 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 we only made, made it of because without. of y'all. <laughs> I mean, we made it because of we y'all. So, without you. Uh, with that being said, Lee. Close out, bro. Yeah.
1: Hey, appreciate everybody that tuned in. Want to make sure that you like, subscribe. Share, goddamn, comment the best part you liked into. You know what? You can even channel your inner assignment count and give us some constructive criticism and let us know how we can take the show to the next level. We've been doing this show for a long time. It was times we was doing a chop-up show. We had zero, one, two, three listeners. You see what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So we Mm -hmm. are very honored that y'all are taking your time at y'all busy days, busy nights, even with us, but yeah. Give yeah, us your input. You see what I'm saying? Education is elevation. If you want to um, if you're interested in booking a chop up show, you know what I'm saying? Um, y'all remind them of the email right now. It slips my mind. But if you're interested in booking a chop up show to come host your event, to come give a tidbit, if you want to do a promotion or advertising for a book, for a movie, for a, 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 a mixtape. Holler at us. You see what I'm saying? We're all about networking and trying to help people elevate the way we're trying to elevate and we ain't trying to dry ass jump on somebody's shoulders and trying to hey take me where you going. No, we're trying to find people where we at right now to elevate with us. You feel what I'm saying? You Education see- is elevation down much. You to drop that old intro. You feel me? Shout out to the essential workers, man. We know the folks have switched up on y'all, but y'all still, you feel me, holding this shit down, y'all the glue.
0: Hey, that being said. In the city, we gon' slide, bet I be there pronto. Me, my guys, we really live. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. NF's in the console. Keep the semi when I ride. Little penny when I drive.